Welcome to Empowering Women's Wellness, where we explore natural and holistic approaches to improving health and wellness, specifically for women. I'm Dr. Misty Sens, and in today's episode, we're going to get back to unraveling thyroid conditions. And we're going to talk about the last two patterns of low thyroid. Pattern number five is an elevation of the protein thyroid binding globulin. So thyroid binding globulin, or TBG, is a protein that binds the active T3 hormone and acts as a taxi to transport T3 through the blood. So in this pattern, the pituitary, the thyroid, and the conversion of T4 into T3 are all working properly, but there is too much thyroid binding globulin transporting the hormones. So thyroid binding globulin, it acts as a taxi, it picks up T3 and takes T3 to its destination. However, if the thyroid hormone never gets out of the taxi, meaning it never unbinds from thyroid binding globulin, the T3 never gets into the cells, leaving you with all the symptoms of low thyroid. So that's why you can have normal TSH, you can have normal T4 levels, even normal T3 levels. But if your cells aren't getting the T3 because the cell, because the T3 is not getting out of the taxi, then your cells don't have it to use it. See, when we have too much thyroglobulin in a thyroid binding globulin, so when we have too much thyroid binding globulin in our bloodstream, T3 is always going to attach to it. It's like a moth to a flame. T3, that free T3 is going to attach to TBG. And the TBG just keeps circulating around in the bloodstream without ever depositing the T3 into the cells. So why does why do we have high levels of thyroid binding globulin? Well, if we have high estrogen. So high estrogen stimulates the formation of this thyroid binding globulin. And so anytime we have thyroid binding globulin, its job is to bind T3, okay? And so if we have more TBG in the system, it's going to bind more of the T3 without actually bringing it to its destination. So it's like the it's like the thyroglobulin gets lost. It's like if a taxi cab got lost in New York City, the thyroid binding globulin gets lost and it never deposits the T3 at its end destination. So how do we get high estrogen levels? Well, there's a lot of different places, but most commonly we see it from the use of birth control pills, other hormone replacement therapy, our food supply, hormone creams, all of those things will elevate thyroid binding globulin. So remember, TSH levels are still normal due to the normal circulating hormone levels, but you don't still feel well, but you still don't feel well because T3 isn't actually getting out of that thyroid binding globulin and attaching to the cells. Again, this isn't a thyroid issue. It is actually another hormonal issue. But what's causing that hormonal issue? Yes, birth control pills and other hormones can be the culprit. But if you are on those things, you know, synthetic hormones, birth control, the underlying causes of the hormone issues are not being addressed. So again, we have to look at the basics. Is there inflammation? Are there chemical and environmental toxins playing a role? Infections, nutritional deficiencies, um, uh, problems in the gut, kidney, and liver. You know, we don't want to throw more medication at a problem that isn't a result of a lack of medication. So here's what you can do to help lower the amount of TBG in the blood. You want to support your liver. So estrogen is detoxified from the liver. 
if the liver cannot detox estrogen out, basically it recirculates it into the bloodstream. We don't want that because estrogen, too much estrogen is toxic to the body. So broccoli vegetables like cabbage, broccoli, and Brussels sprouts help with the second phase of detoxific of the detoxification process in the in uh, in the body. We want to reduce xenobiot xenobiotics, and these are chemicals and medications, um, phytoestrogens. Um, those are toxins that act like estrogens on the tissues. So we want to switch out our cleaning products, our health and beauty products. We want to make those more clean and natural products without any of, you know, the, um, you know, plastics and things like that. So you want to work with a healthcare professional to get off synthetic hormones and work to actually rebalance hormones naturally uh, and at their root cause. Always remember this, hormonal imbalances, no matter what they are, are a downstream effect of something bigger going on upstream. And the, the introduction of synthetic hormones is actually fixing the 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 underlying problem. You also want to work on your gut health, um, balance the balance of healthy microbes in the gut will influence how estrogen is metabolized in the body. So those are some things that you can work on to help with um, decreasing the amount of thyro thyroid binding globulin in the bloodstream. Now, the last pattern is actually thyroid resistance. So chronic stress, or elevated homocysteine levels can cause thyroid resistance similar to what happens in that in thyroid overconversion. So in, in this pattern, it is not too much T3, but too much cortisol, which causes the resistance. TSH levels are again normal and prescription thyroid medication would not have much effect here. So here we want to check the homocysteine levels, which is one of the important minimal tests that I recommended in episode two. Let's talk about homocysteine for a minute. Homocysteine is an amino acid that plays a crucial role in various biochemical processes. The homocysteine test is used to look at deficiencies in B6, B9, B12. And when levels of homocysteine become elevated, it can lead to a condition known as hyper, hyper, homocysteinemia. It's a hard word to say, <laughs> which has been linked to a range of health issues, including cardiovascular disease, cognitive decline, Alzheimer's, inflammation, and even that thyroid resistance. So homocysteine levels often become elevated when the body has a hard time breaking it down because of poor methylation. Poor methylation is user, usually a result of nutrient needs and more commonly a variant in the MTHF gene, which makes the enzyme MTHFR. Methylation requires B6, B9, and B12. If you are not getting enough of these nutrients or they are in the wrong form, it results in a buildup of homocysteine. And because homocysteine is also a marker of inflammation, when we have inflammation in the body, this damages the cellular membranes preventing nutrients that the cells need to function into the cells, including T3. So if you want to improve um, your T3 resistance, number one, we got to look at diet. Again, what is their inflammation? Now, homocysteine isn't the only thing that causes inflammation. There are other issues as well, you know, blood sugar imbalances, um, other toxins, as I've already talked about, um, you know, 
heavy metals, infections, all of those things will trigger inflammation and inflammation is acting like that, a force field around the cells. So our nutrients can't get into the cells, including hormones. So we wanna make sure that we're, our, our blood sugar is balancing out. So we wanna make sure that we're eating the proper diet. We wanna make sure that we've gotten rid of inflammatory foods. Some big triggers here, especially when I talk about the thyroid is gonna be like gluten, dairy. Those are two big triggers. Um, and the, the reason why that these are big triggers isn't necessarily because you have a food sensitivity to them. It's because the protein that's in those two foods. So those the protein that are in dairy and in gluten specifically, so it's the protein gliadin and it's in, in gluten and it's the protein casein in dairy. Those proteins, they mimic other protein in the body that are, let's say, considered bad. So they have a similar protein makeup to other bacteria and viruses in the body. And so our body makes antibodies against those bacteria and viruses and other foreign materials. Well, it also sees gliadin from gluten and casein from dairy as a, a um, as an enemy protein. So it will attack those proteins, creating inflammation. So it might not necessarily be that you have an actual allergy against these foods. It's it's more likely that because there's so there's underlying infections going on due to bacteria, viruses, and other foreign bodies that the gluten and the casein are getting caught in the crosshairs and the body is forming antibodies against those things, okay? And lo and behold, gliadin and casein, that protein makeup, that DNA sequence is very similar to the DNA sequence of the tissue in our thyroid gland. Okay. So, you know, diet is a huge, plays a huge role in thyroid resistance. Decreasing um, blood sugar and balancing plays a role in thyroid resistance, decreasing thyroid resistance, and of course, um, decreasing homocysteine in that inflammatory marker. So when it comes to homocysteine, I'm always going to, with my patients, I'm always going to supply them with a properly reduced or methylated uh, B vitamin complex, um, amino acids. I'm also going to provide them with some kidney and liver tissue to help with that detoxification process. Um, and so there's many ways that we can address thyroid resistance, but thyroid resistance is probably one of the most common causes of um, hypothyroidism after that primary hypothyroidism. But remember, primary hypothyroidism ultimately isn't a thyroid issue. It's actually an autoimmune issue. Um, and that autoimmune issue will lead to thyroid resistance if we don't get into that chain of command, into that pathway that has to happen in order for proper thyroid function. Um, so we have to look at all factors, not just individual factors, and certainly not just TSH. So thank you for joining me on this journey through the world of uh, thyroid conditions. Um, and remember, knowledge is power. And by empowering ourselves with information, we can make simple solutions for a healthier, happier life. Okay, that's all the time I have. Take care.